just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 84 of the Debbie Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton. It's Thursday, December 16th. Very excited to be coming at you from Egan, Minnesota, as always. For those of you that don't know, I'm one of the Debbie team writers on NFL Draft Bible, which is on sportsillustrated.com. Also starting a new podcast this week, I've been asked to host the Devi Show on the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network. The first one is coming out tomorrow on Friday the 17th, so check that out. I'm at SkipNewton31 on Twitter, but enough about me, because I gotta get to my co-host. You know him, you love him, from North Carolina. Matthew Jackson, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to find out that I don't have another podcast to add to my feed. That makes me excited. I know that we were talking off air, and you said that you were doing a podcast on your own. I didn't know that that was the one that you were doing, so that's awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm actually looking for a co-host and haven't found anybody yet. The looking hasn't been super aggressive. I kind of threw some things out in a couple chats, but figure you know we'll get an episode in this week I'll try to record one for next week then we get the the holiday season so take at least a week off and then kind of get serious about it in 2022 but I appreciate you not you, asking me <laughs> well I do too much already if I had another podcast I'm a dead man <laughs> and, and and that's exactly why I didn't because I was just going to ask you why don't you tell everybody everything that you're doing in the fantasy football slash Debbie world <laughs> Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Devi Matt. Um, not as active on there as I would like to be, um, but that's because we just referenced that I do too much. So um, you guys can find my rankings. I just updated those up on Dynasty Nerds as well as my articles. I've got a top 10 draft eligible quarterback article that should be coming out um, either Friday or Saturday. Um, if you guys don't get enough listening to me on this podcast, I also do the Campus Visit podcast that's over on Devi Marketplace um, with Adam Lewis. That's a really fun podcast. We enjoy doing that one. Um, it's been a little hard to get that one out, as it has been ours, just with scheduling conflicts and this this crud going around. Everybody's been getting sick. So we're hoping to get something out there. And then you guys can find the majority of my work over on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash um, forward slash Debbie Debbie database. database. Wow. Mind fart. <laughs> Forward slash Debbie Database. Um, I'm going to be starting to get a whole lot more content on that. I've got a really cool project um, that I'm going to start um, start up here probably the 1st of January um, that you guys aren't going to want to miss. I mean, it's five bucks a month. Um, and I think, I mean, for that, look, I'm not trying to get rich. <clears throat> I'm really not. So, I mean, you guys are buying me a coffee 
once a month um, so I can keep the energy um, to not die while I'm doing all this stuff. So if you, that sounds interesting to you guys, um, would love to see you over there. Yeah, it, it's awesome. I love being a part of that chat. And man, when you talk about the crud that's going around, it, it hit the Newton household as well. So I've been coming back from that. The voice is still a little sickness infected, but we'll power through this because we got to gotta bring the news to the people. And it's good to talk to everyone, at least to hopefully one or two more times here before the new year. Some Devi news, of course, the transfer portal is alive and well, and wow, has it been it's amazingly hobby. exciting. It, <laughs> it is incredible. So let's just kind of get started. We'll, we'll focus on the top guys that everyone should be paying attention to. Of course, no surprise, Ohio State's Quinn Ewers transfers and has chosen Texas you got to be a little bit excited for that landing spot. Yes or no? What do you think? I mean, he's going to play right away, right? Merry freaking Christmas to all of us, man. That couldn't have been a better landing spot for me. (laughs) I absolutely love it. He's got B. John Robinson, the RB1, um, behind him to hand the ball off to. He's going to be passing to Xavier Worthy. I mean, Xavier Worthy, who we're going to talk about in the show, is such a massive stock-up guy already, and he's – shooting up up even more after that Quinn Ewers um, signing. I mean, this offense is going to be super, super fun to watch next season. So, I mean, this was this was an early Christmas present for all of us, man, I feel like. Yeah, and no better than the offensive talent there at Texas. They had to love that. Another quarterback to mention, Keaton Slovis from USC is leaving, enters the transfer portal. We don't know where he's going yet, but – No surprise there with the emergence of Jackson Dart, who had a very good freshman year, at least for the the games that he played. He definitely flashed. So this kind of removes anything in the way of Jackson Dart and at least gives Keaton Slovis a chance to to find a new home and maybe salvage some of that value because there were some people that were pretty high on him a year ago. Yeah, myself included. <laughs> um, no, we talked. We talked about this. We had a text conversation. Me and Skip did um, over the week, and I think this. We we both kind of agreed this is really good for him. We think um, he's definitely one of those guys that needs a change in pace. I mean, he's got the talent. I feel like. I mean, I never felt like that was the issue. I mean, he's a super accurate quarterback. Um, he's got decent arm strength and arm talent. Um, he just never really took that next step forward, right? Like he was super good his freshman year and just didn't do anything with it the next year. Um, so hopefully a change in scenery will just help him um, take that next step forward. I, it didn't help him this year with the injuries and splitting time 50-50 um, later on in the season with, with, with Jackson Dart to begin with. I mean, that's got to hurt a, co- a quarterback's confidence anyway. So new change in scenery is going to be good for him. Um, you kind of made the point um, that I want you to kind of talk about and bring up. But, you know, now this, this kind of leaves a situation with, you know, who's behind Jackson Dart and – you know, if Jackson Dart isn't what we think Jackson Dart is, you know, what happens to that USC offense and USC team that everybody's super excited about because of this transfer portal? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's wide open for Dart. I mean, it's it's absolutely his job. So, you know, I think that the, this, the value of, of him has already improved quite a bit just, just from this move alone and from, from the coaching change, that, that's going to help too. So... This is awesome for for Dart. I think it's potentially really good for Slovis. So, you know, one of those things where you, where you like to see it, it's it's kind of the same thing with Ohio State, right? C.J. Stroud absolutely grabbed onto that job and didn't let it go. So clearly, you know, Quinn Ewers leaving, good decision. 
I wouldn't be surprised if, if McCoy made the same decision, although it's possible he he waits another season thinking that C.J. Stroud will go early, and then he can play you know one or two years there. I, you know, I don't know where his head is at. but Love to see it for um, C.J. Stroud, though, man. I was close. I, I, was, I was real close before the season started. I almost, I almost nailed one on the head there, Skip. Yeah, your your dark horse come out of nowhere candidate for the Heisman, man. He he made a good run at it, so well played there. Another quarterback looking for a change of scenery to resurrect his value is former Oklahoma starter Spencer Rattler, former Devi number one rated quarterback Spencer Rattler, going to South Carolina. So switching over to the SEC, which I think is a good thing. In that regard, because now we know he plays good competition. It's it's his job, I'm assuming, and it's not like he's surrounded by the best talent to as far as weapons go, at least from a receiving standpoint. So the glass is half full side of me says if he can go there and kind of figure his stuff out and look good and put some good you know, game film together back like he did in 2020 for the for at least the last, you know, I'll say half to maybe even two thirds of the season. You know, that that could be enough. And and we could be right back a year from now, you know, talking about him being a first round pick. But you're maybe not as optimistic on this choice of landing spot for Mr. Rattler. I saw someone tweeted out and I'm pretty sure it was Matt Bruning from the Debbie debate. Like I'm almost like 95% sure he was the one that tweeted it out, but he was like, I see that Spencer Rattler still hasn't improved his decision-making process. And that's about where I'm at um, with this transfer. <laughs> um, I mean, he's going to the sec. So, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not going to hurt, right? He's going to play against good competition, but I mean, I'm just, I've got I've got the South Carolina depth chart from this year pulled up, and I'm just gonna read out some names, and I want you to stop me when I reach a player that gets you excited, okay? Xavier Leggett, Troy Atkins, Amorian Brown, EJ Jenkins, um, Zeandre White, Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell. Any, any of those guys get your motor running? Yeah, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but you know, sometimes these quarterbacks that end up being top NFL prospects. You know they don't they don't have like this slew of awesome talent around them, and they make them better. You know, I know Kenny Pickett has Jordan Addison, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But other than that, it's not like those names are guys you get excited about. So you see, I, I, maybe I, you I, can do I, the same thing. I, I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying, and I get that. Um, my my counterpoint to that is. I mean, those guys that you're talking about that don't really have, you know, all that crazy talent. I mean, you're talking about guys like, like, I mean, I guess Kenny Pickett to a certain extent. I'm thinking like Zach Wilson for BYU didn't have like the most amazing wide receiver core. And he went, you know, he went, what, pick two in the NFL draft. Um, Those guys, though, um, my counter argument is those guys had, um, had some talent (laughs) that, 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 that was gonna that was gonna shine through regardless of the situation. And Spencer Rattler, I mean, he has that arm talent. Like I'm not saying that he's not a talented quarterback, but his decision making process at, at at several points last season was just god awful. And I mean, adding that to the mix of a, a wide receiver room that already isn't very good. I mean, he's got Austin Stogner that transferred in, so that's gonna help him out a little bit. He's got a familiar pass catcher coming in with him. But I mean, you're making bad decisions. You're not 
protecting the ball, you're turning it over, and you're going to a team that doesn't have an established wide receiver one. I mean, that is that is a recipe for disaster in my eyes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think he's a desperate kid, and he needs to he needs to go to a place where he can get that job and not look over his shoulder. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If he stayed in Oklahoma long enough, he might have. Everybody else might have transferred out. He could have just stayed there. <laughs> I just keep red shirting until he, until he until everybody he's else eligible. Transfers. You're going to make me cough, man. Uh, all right, let's switch over to the running backs. Just another big name enters the transfer portal. Tank Bigsby, your guy. So we had to get to his name early, just at the 11 and a half minute mark of our podcast. A, a little bit of a surprise, maybe. I mean, he's only got one more season till he's draft eligible, and I got to believe he's going to go early, but... What's the what's the thinking here? Why do you think he's he's bailing for greener pastures somewhere? I'm almost positive that he said he was entering the transfer portal, but I'm almost positive he rescinded that and he's going back to Auburn. I'm trying to find where it says that. I'm I'm almost positive I've read that somewhere. Um, I I I can't find it. I'm pretty sure he's going back to Auburn. I'm okay. I'm almost positive I read that. Um, Maybe he was just teasing. Yeah, I think he was just teasing. I mean, still, I mean that's still that shocking news. Um, and I think regardless, I mean, a guy that I'm super high on and was the entire season, um, was Hunter, um, for the team, um, their, 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 their RB2. I mean, that guy was to us at like midway point through the season was averaging 10 yards a carry. I mean, every time this kid touched the ball, he was getting a first down. And I mean, he was at, at times the more explosive back than Tank Bigsby was. Um, so I, I think if there's a guy, I mean, I'm my, my love for Tank's big, Tank Bigsby is always going to be there, and I appreciate that you're the one that brought him up tonight, and I didn't have to, so thank you for that. But, um, I, I I'm really really excited about the guy that's behind him as much as I am Tank Bigsby. I think they're both guys to own, and I think they could both both be a really really potent backfield next season. Yeah, and <clears throat> and I haven't looked at the timeline of the announcements, but is it possible? that it went something like this. Tank Bigsby says, I'm entering the transfer portal. Bo Nix says, I'm entering the transfer portal. Tank Bigsby, said, Tank never Bigsby mind. says, oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'll come back then. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, that's probably how it happened, I, I would imagine. <laughs> All right. The last guy to mention, also leaving Oklahoma, like everyone else is pretty much, and also going to South Carolina, is tight end Austin Stogner. No, we don't talk about tight ends a lot from a Debbie perspective because they're so hard to predict but Stogner's one of those guys where he's he's an interesting tight end prospect and I kind of like that he's sticking with the same quarterback what do you think of of this decision I really like Austin Stogner as a prospect um I mean it's so hard to predict tight ends I mean we talk about this on the show all the time but I mean you look at Austin Stogner I mean his ability to kind of create separation kind of work the middle of the field work over those linebackers he's got really solid hands I mean Austin Stogner could be a guy to really keep your eyes out for I mean he's an he's an underrated prospect I mean not a lot of guys are talking about him I mean you got Michael Mayer in, in his class I think right and then I mean who who else is behind him right I mean so I mean that 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 tight end that tight end landscape is wide open. I think Austin Stogner is going to push for, you know, maybe, maybe round three draft capital right now, possibly, possibly mid round two. I don't, I don't know. I, I really like what I see from him. Yeah. And, and I tend to fall victim to 
really basing my tight end analysis on what they do from a production standpoint receiving, right? Because that's where you get your fantasy points. However, if our guy Brian were on the show, he would tell us there's so much more to playing tight end than just catching the football, and he would explain all the other stuff that they got to do and why NFL teams look at them differently, and it would sound really intelligent and really smart and way more than I can say, but he would tell you there's a heck of a lot to that position, and you got to take it seriously, and that's why these guys move up the draft. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think long story short, I mean, tight end is that one position where – I think we see all this like um, mix and like what the Devi community views a tight end and what NFL views a tight end as. Cause I mean, tight end is that one position. I think that they can get you fantasy points, but it's also drafted based on scheme fit and, and teams are looking for a specific thing out of their tight end. And if you can do that for a specific organization, you're going to go higher than we think you're going to go. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's a great point. All right, let's get into the main topic. We're moving on to our top-tier wide receivers. We've already done quarterbacks and running backs, so we'll get into our top tiers, and it's going to be not not really a huge debate or controversial, at least with the first couple of tiers here, because we formed these differently and ended up being pretty much right on the same analysis, which is awesome, but... Matt, why don't you start us off with your tier one, and as you get into this, I'm going to remind people that we have now eliminated 2022 eligible players, because they are no longer considered Devi. These guys are going to be rookies, so this is a you're Debbie not going to hear David. names. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hear names like, you know, the the, the best ones, Traylon Burks and, and Wilson and Olave, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get into 2023 and beyond. Who do you got in tier one? Yeah, so tier one, um, and before we start, I think you know we said we we said we said we had the same four guys here, and we've talked about this off air. Um, I think that's because these four guys are your top four guys at, at the wide receiver position in Debbie right now. Um, you can have them in a, in a different order, um, but these are your top four guys, um, and I don't think there's much argument there. At number one, I've got I've got Kayshawn Butte. Um, I've been very adamant in saying over Twitter, especially this season, that. By the time that, that Boutte is done with his LSU career, I think there's a strong possibility that he is a better prospect than Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were coming out. I mean, what this kid does on the football field is absolutely outstanding. I mean, he right now, like at this point in the season, leads LSU in all major receiving categories. The funny thing about that is, is he went out an injury in week five. I mean, that's how explosive this kid is. I mean, 10 touchdowns, over 500 yards. I mean, this kid was lighting it up. I mean, there were several games we had multiple touchdown catches. He's a deep field, um, a deep play down the field threat. He can run after the catch, runs really good routes. I mean, there is absolutely nothing not to like about Keishon Boutte. He, he's easily my wide receiver one, and it's probably most people's wide receiver one as well. Um, number two, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, the best wide receiver in Ohio State's wide receiver room. And that, I know that's shocking to say, but because that's such a loaded wide receiver room. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, was the best one. He's going to be a future Blitnikoff Award winner. I'm pretty certain of that. I mean, this kid is going to explode next season. Now that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave aren't there, I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, at number three, I've got the Blitnikoff winner, Jordan Addison. Um, was very adamant that he deserved this award. I mean, watching what this kid did, um, a large part of why Kenny Pickett was there at the Heisman ceremony and why he's going to be a top half of the first round pick. 
I would argue is less because Kenny Pickett is a great quarterback and more because of what Jordan Addison does on the football field. I mean, Jordan Addison did a lot for Kenny Pickett. I mean, it is, is I mean, one of, one of the best wide receivers in college football. He's a slot wide receiver. That's not, I, I don't care about any of that. I mean, he's played, he played on the outside in college this season. I mean, I'm not worried about him going to the NFL being a slot wide receiver, all that negative stuff. I mean, he's he's everything that you want in a wide receiver. And then coming in at number four, we've already talked about it, Xavier Worthy from Texas. I mean, this kid is dynamite. He's lightning in a bottle. Every time this kid touches the ball, he could be in the end zone. I mean, there, there's probably not a faster wide receiver in college football right now. Um, th- this kid is absolutely dynamic. And with what Quinn Ewers is going to be able to do with the football in Texas – uh, with B. John Robinson keeping defenses honest, I mean, Xavier Worthy is – the sky's the limit for this kid. He's going to be a first-round Debbie pick in, in startups this year, and he's not going to be 112, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I I have the exact four guys, and I have the exact same four in order that, that you mentioned them. So I'm not going to you know spend a whole lot of time on them as well. But, yeah, Butte, Smith & Jigba, Addison, Worthy – you know, they're all tier one, so you you can shuffle the deck and and pull them out. You're going to be happy with the picks, and you know who knows, maybe next year that that might change a little bit. But you know, I I listed Worthy fourth because he's you know one year f- further away from the NFL, and you know weird things happen. But man, it's that's literally the it's, only it's imp- knock on him. I mean, yep, absolutely. I mean, because talk about an awesome freshman campaign. I mean, a true freshman to put up numbers like that is fantastic. Let's just get into tier two then, because no argument there on tier one, tier two is going to sound a little bit the same. I'm going to list my two guys. Cause it's your two guys. Uh, I, I put in Quentin Johnston from TCU and Josh Downs from North Carolina. I, I really liked the, the further development of Johnson at, T, at TCU. He, he really Fights for the ball well. He 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 cuts back nicely you know, on those, you know, selling the go route and and comes back. He can make big plays and he's doing it with, you know, let's face it, an offensive scheme that it's not like, it's not like you know it's a, it, he's got a great quarterback throwing the ball. I mean, the only other guy there that that is a threat is Zach Evans when he plays and now he's leaving. So, really like how how Johnson's kind of the one man show. And speaking of one man show. I mean, Josh Downs at North Carolina absolutely dominated and was the main man there. You know, with them, you know, losing so many guys to the NFL, we all we all wondered, okay, who's Sam Howell going to throw the ball to? Well, apparently it's it's Josh Downs, and then on the next play, it's Josh Downs. So, love these two guys, both 2023 eligible. Would be surprised if if they they stayed later, but you never know. You know, things happen, but. Why don't you tell us what you think about both these guys? Yeah, I've got both of those guys in my tier two as well. Um, I flip-flopped them. I've got Josh Downs five, Quentin Johnson six. Um, <clears throat> for me, Josh Downs, I mean, big play, down-the-field threat. Um, he Really good body control, extends well to the ball. Really like what I saw in him. Um, Skip, I play a lot of the, uh, the uh, was it single-game betting or uh, DFS stuff. Uh, college DFS. I, I I dabbled in that a little bit this season. As did I. Um, I, I used the uh, uh I was I was doing a lot on prize picks and it, it was funny. The prize pick on Josh Downs, almost every single week was over uh, over or under eight eight receptions, right? And 
I picked the over on that every single time because you know what? More often than not, he hit the over on eight receptions every single time. I mean, there there was not a better model of consistency at the wide receiver position um, than Josh Downs for UNC. Um, that's why I've got him at five. Um, Quentin Johnston, I mean, he's he's a big body. He's He moves really, really well for his size. He's got really good speed. Um, runs good routes, as you were saying. Um, he's a little inconsistent. Uh, that's not a huge knock for me, and I'm not terribly worried about it. But when you're looking at, I mean, if I'm picking Josh Downs or Quentin Johnston, just based on the consistency, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Josh Downs here over Quentin Johnston. But love both of these guys. Yep, absolutely. That's our consensus tier two. So six for six, really going in here, exact same. And here's where it gets tier wild. three. This is where things definitely get interesting. And here's where it gets wild. This was this was not easy. I started looking at tier three, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't even feel confident about my tier three and it, it, it was it was really odd how it felt like it just fell off a cliff and there's nobody where I'm just like oh yeah he definitely belongs in there it was like yeah I like this guy so I'm gonna put him in but I'm not putting in a few guys that I also like and and so really things get super murky but enough about me talking about my thought process and I'll get into my specific guys but I want you to start off Give me your first couple of guys in tier three, because I don't have either one of them in, but I, I could have, because I like them both. No, so I'm, tell me about I'm them. I'm right there with you, man. After tier two, it falls off a cliff so hard, and you've got like 20 guys that can all be that next wide receiver. Um, Guys that, I mean, I like, but I mean, haven't really shown much or ha- have not taken that next step. And that's kind of where I was at. Um, I'm, 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 my tier three is mainly based on value versus where I, where I perceive the value to be next year, and that's kind of where I went with this. Um, so I'm going to give you my first two two guys. Mario Williams from Oklahoma, a 2023, I believe. He's not 2024, right? I think he's 2023. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Mario I, Williams, I wide receiver from Oklahoma. Um, I, I had a really hard time evaluating him coming into college. Um, when you looked at him, he was he, – he, a lot of his game mirrored – a lot of what Marvin Mims does, right? I mean, it's the it's the catch, the hitch routes, you know, catch those quick pops and just run with the ball after the catch. You know, their their games mirrored each other a whole lot, so I wasn't quite sure how Mario Williams and Marvin Mims were going to coexist. And turns out that Caleb Williams loved himself some Mario Williams. Um, he loved getting the ball in his hands, and Mario Williams was re- was really dynamic with the ball in his hands. Um, flash forward to next year, and. I mean, we've already talked about it. The transfer portal this year has hit no team harder than the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, You look at what they're losing this year, and there's realistically a chance that at this point next season, Mario Williams is Oklahoma's wide receiver one. I mean, this kid could have a massive rise in value just based on what this transfer portal has done alone to that that team. So for that reason, he's in my tier three. Um, He's going to be probably the biggest riser in stock at this point next season. So he's he's a guy, out of all these guys that we're talking about, that I would probably recommend going to get on your team. Um, next guy. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to chime in because y- you made some points that absolutely make a lot of sense to me. And the, the biggest one there was the opportunity. Uh, I did double check. He actually, he actually was a true freshman, so he's 2024 eligible. But, um, you know, Jaden Hazelwood and Theo Weiss, both gone. And, but he's still got Caleb Williams. So 
he's still tied to a great quarterback and he's going to have every opportunity to be the guy. And I, I love that as a, as a candidate to, to have that breakout season. I think, I think that's a, that's a fantastic bet to make as a, as a Debbie player, you know, those are the kinds of opportunities you want to look for. Who's, who's going to get the opportunity to really shine. And, and it's not like he's, you know, on his third or fourth season. I mean, he's played one year. And he already flashed, so the, 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 that, the thing that's about great. De- I like that. The thing about Devi, and, and Devi's a weird game, but the, the thing about Devi, I think the biggest thing to realize is you're playing a value game more than anything because you never know what's going to happen to these kids between one year and the next. I mean, you look at guys like Journey Brown. You look at guys like Spencer Rattler this year that was a consensus one-on-one and now is not being touched in a startup until like round six or seven. So, I mean – yeah, I mean, just you, you've got to play the value game in Devi. Um, you've got to hedge your bets the right way to be able to come out on top. And I'm comfortable saying that Mario Williams is definitely one of those guys that I'm hedging my bets on. Yeah, that's a, it's a great, a great move. All right, let's go into the next couple of guys on your list. Yeah, so at, at number eight, I've got Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland. Um, he is in my tier three solely based really on what he did his freshman year. Um, didn't really take that step this year. I mean, he had some good stats, but never really put it together um, this year from when I watched him. Um, I think he still can. He's got time, and I think I think most likely he will. Um, but when you're looking at guys um, you know, that we're trying to rank after him, I mean, no one's really going, <laughs> going to have the stats and kind of the name value that Rakeem Jarrett is. Uh, I think his value is going to probably hold better than some of these other guys. Um, I'm not excited about having him in my tier three. I think there's some other guys that are more more exciting that we're talking about tonight. Um, I'm hoping that Rakeem Jarrett kind of takes that next step this year, and this year was just a fluke year, um, but we'll see. Um, and then at number nine, I've got Deion Smith, um, just entered the transfer portal from LSU, so he is undecided where he's playing this year, but he had that breakout game over 100 yards, two touchdowns for LSU this season. Um, really liked what I saw from him. I thought he could be that next guy behind Kayshawn Boutte, Boutte before he transferred out. And now LSU has some some quarterback issues that they got to solve. So that's probably best that he gets out anyway. I'm excited to see where he goes. I think he could be another one of those guys that, you know, if we're hedging our bets on somebody to increase value, Deion Smith can definitely be one of those guys. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, you know, Jarrett, he did, he did, improve his his production quite a bit. I mean, it went up to 56 catches, you know, over 700 yards. So it wasn't like he was, you know, sitting there at 30 catches and you're like, eh, what's going on? So, you know, I think a quietly better season than even I expected or at least thought he had. So I think most people were drafting I, him as a thousand yard receiver though. So it's a little it's a little disappointing right. that's not which, what he was. Which is out. a little tough in that in that offense. Um get to to my my first three guys. Um I went with Emeka Ekbuka from Ohio State, true freshman, and my logic is kind of following the Jackson Smith Jigba path. And I'm thinking, okay, Jackson Smith Jigba really did very little his true freshman year. He had a he had one sweet touchdown on the back of the end zone one handed and then basically nothing. But he was buried behind a slew of talented wide receivers. That's exactly where Emeka Buga is right now. He got on the field in special teams, so it's not like he wasn't seeing any game action. And I'm assuming that both Wilson and Olave are going to be gone. Obviously, JSN will still be there, 
but he has every opportunity to be the number two guy in an offense that already has proven it can support three top wide receivers. You got C.J. Stroud, so no no problems there. I mean, that offense is going to roll again, and I think he could be a breakout candidate. So I like I like him, you know, as a guy, you know, Julian Fleming was a top-rated guy the year before, like the top-rated related guy. I think he, you know, caught a touchdown this season, but he just hasn't done anything. So yeah, it's like whatever. Um, so I'm my money's going to be on Ibuka. Same kind of situation in Alabama. Another true freshman, JoJo Earl. I I love his game. Exact same scenario as well in that he got on the field in special teams. He did play some wide receivers well. It wasn't like he never played wide receivers. So I think he is exactly the kind of guy that could, you know, now that he's had a, a year of seasoning, could start to see the field his sophomore season and really break out. We know he's got talent around him. He's playing with Bryce Young for, you know, at least one year and once Bryce Young goes, he's going to have some other five-star awesome quarterback waiting in the wing. So no problems there. So really like JoJo Earl. He was my favorite Alabama freshman this year coming in. I still like him the most. And then also you mentioned LSU. I still love Chris Hilton. He got hurt, so he didn't play as much as I would have liked, but he was seeing the field before he got injured. Uh, true freshman, so I think he is going to have an opportunity at LSU, you know, coming back healthy to to make some hay. So I'm leaving him in my tier three, you know, in lieu of, you know, especially the guy you mentioned that you you made a great case for in Mario Williams, and I think you made a really good case with Raheem Jarrett. I think I think both those guys, you know, I I had them on my just missed list, so that's why um I think it's worth mentioning. But those are my my top three. In tier three, I know we, we've each got one more, and I want to I want to get to your one more guy last because when I saw his name, I was like, "Huh, I got to look into this dude." <laughs> so you, you got me with that one. But my last guy is is a true freshman coming in, so he's he's a he's a recruit because I want to get one guy in there, and that's Evan Stewart, Texas A and M. I I love his film. I, I think this kid is got star potential written all over him. I mean, just explosive on the field with the, with the ball in his hands. They they move him around to do different things just to get him the ball, but he's not just a gadget guy. I mean, he can he can run the routes and make plays down the field. So really love Evan Stewart, and I think he's going to be pretty highly drafted in in startup drafts or even, you know, deeper Debbie leagues. You know, you start to get into those incoming freshmen, and he might be one to take a chance on. You can uh, throw your – opinions at the guys I mentioned and then let's let's finish up with your last guy yeah so, so I think the theme of this show is you know tier once you get to tier three what we're doing is we're playing a value game here all the, I think the the key word for everything that we're talking about is opportunity right all of these guys have kind of had opportunity placed in their lap at the end of the season and it's just going to be a matter of which one claims it and that's going to be really hard to predict I mean I I can make an argument for my guys and I, I can make an argument for all of your guys as well. I mean, I don't have a problem with any any of the guys in your tier three. I mean, you look at Emike Agbuka, he's going from the wide receiver four in that offense to the wide receiver two. And we know that that offense can support two thousand yard wide receivers. So, I mean, I, I mean, you're hedging your bets correctly. He could easily be, the, be that Jackson Smith and Jigba type career path. I mean, you look at guys like Julian Fleming. I mean, I mouthed it to you, but that guy's dead. I mean, he's not... 
he's not doing anything for that team. People like Marvin Harrison, but Marvin Harrison wasn't getting on the field as much as Amika Ibuka was. So I think he's he. Can, I mean, he can take that wide receiver too. Um, spot. I love JoJo Earl. He was also my favorite Alabama wide receiver coming into that class. And I think, I mean, we were both super high on him. <clears throat> and if this season has taught me anything, it's that, um, you know, everybody's got their opinions on which, which receiver prospects and which prospects as a whole they like. And everybody's got their different reasons for liking them. And I bought into the whole, you know, look at what a, a guy he Hall did during the spring game and everybody was super high on Hall. And I was kind of, I kind of backtracked a little bit. I was like, you know what? Maybe Jojo Earl isn't the guy. Maybe it is Hall. And turned out that, you know, Jojo Earl actually was the guy that was going to get on the field more than, than Hall was. So I, I know that's, that's taught me a lesson a little bit um, in my, my thought scout scouting process and whatever your scouting process is, you know, trust the reason, you know, if you see something on tape, you see a reason that you like a guy or a reason that, you're not maybe not be higher on somebody else than this guy. Trust what your gut says, because I mean, we don't. No one really knows what's going on, and it, it's better to trust your gut in those situations. So that's my that's my fun fact of the day. I think that's great advice. Uh, there were there were a few times I'll even admit in in rookie drafts where I made decisions that may have been influenced by consensus or by by other analysts, and I didn't take a guy that I was, you know, going in higher on. And in, in a few of these cases, I'm regretting the decision I made. It's like, man, I, I totally made the wrong call. And it's, it's, you know, hindsight's always easy, but you know, part of that, just, you know, make, make the pick that you want to make. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But at least you, at least you went with your gut in, in your analysis. So that, it, it, that's it one feels of the, better to be the wrong. lessons i It feels I've better to be wrong on a prospect that you liked than to be right about a prospect and not pick him because somebody else said not to pick him. That, that hurts. That hurts more. Right. <laughs> yeah, I- I- exactly. And it's not like I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stop listening to, to the people that I really enjoy listening to and whose opinions really matter to me. I'm, I'm going to still do that. I just got to, I got to c- stick with my, with, with my analysis in, in some cases. And if I had, I'd have a lot more, uh, Javante Williams. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, moving I mean, on. Yeah, moving on. Like I, I like Chris Hilton. Um, I think I mean he was getting on the field before the injury, so I, I like him to bounce back. Um, Evan Stewart, I'm a little lower on. Um, admittedly, I think that's because I, I as well as you, um, used to love a five star Texas A&M wide receiver, and now my feelings are hurt. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm gonna have any Evan Stewart. Um, probably solely for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, still hurts. You're gonna make you're gonna make me cough. Still hurts. <laughs> so, so who do you who do you have for your final guy? While I mute my mic and go cough up a lung here. Oh yeah, so my final guy, um, gonna be a shocker to most people, um, uh, but I've actually got um Konata Konata Mumfield, um, as my as my last of my top ten wide receivers, last of my tier three wide receivers, um, former um former player for Akron. Um, now is in the transfer portal, is undecided where he's going. Um, rumors were that he had been offered by Minnesota. Um, so I'm going to cross my fingers there with you, Skip. Um, hopefully he decides to go row the boat over there because this dude is a really good wide receiver. Um, put up 751 yards um, as a true freshman, eight touchdowns, um, 6'1", 180, so he's got good size. He's going to add some muscle onto him. Um, he's on this list solely because I played against him several times. 
and C to C um, this year. And this dude was just putting up stats. I mean, he was getting the job done. Um, and as a true freshman, I mean, that jump at any level, I mean, Akron's not your Ohio State's, it's not your Alabama's, but I mean, at any level at college football, I mean, the jump from high school to college is a hard transition. And anybody that puts up, you know, a, a year one breakout, he's got that weighted dominator. He's got the yards per route run. He's got the team, um, team, team reception percentage. I mean, he's got all the analytical profile that you like, and he did it as a true freshman. Um, he's chose to transfer. He's probably going to end up at a power five school. Um, Konata Mumfield is a guy that you need to be paying attention to because not a lot of people are. And as I've already said on this show, I'm hedging my bets on people to increase stock um, between now and at this point next season. And Konata Mumfield is a prime candidate for that. I like it. And I think you hit one of the things that is the key. He, he needs to go to a Power 5 conference, right? And then that just eliminates one of the things that, that honestly, I think, I think matters a lot. I mean, we know good players come out of non-Power 5 conference schools, but it, it's overwhelming that the talent that comes out of power five and, and if he can go in and do it, you know, in a, in a legit conference like that, I said legit, that's not what I meant, but you know what I mean? A, a stronger conference that matters. And it's just, it's just one more box to check when you're doing your analysis on, on a player. So that's a great mention there. I, I love it. You know, some, some names that we haven't really talked about another, you know, Oklahoma, Kid Marvin Mims, um, Troy Franklin, highly recruited love, love true Troy freshman. Franklin. Love Troy Franklin as well. <laughs> yeah, so you know maybe he can you have a second year breakout. You mentioned Jai Hall at Alabama. He had some some issues not doing what he was asked. So maybe he's gotten that straightened out. Another true freshman coming in, Kevin Coleman, and then uh, the other two we we did mention, but Jaden Hazelwood transferring, and then Marvin Marvin Harrison Jr. If if he can see the field, so. As you can tell, people, you know the the top two tiers. If if you're in a in a startup, those are the guys to target because they are pretty much the best Devi prospects at wide receiver. And then after that, it gets thin. So quick, maybe even an argument. Your guy after those top four, <laughs> right? Quickly. And and maybe maybe that's the strong argument for you know take take those wide receivers early in a startup. And, and get your running backs later. Um, I'm already on the on the team, you know, fade quarterback early completely, just because the the hit rates on on quarterbacks. I mean, look at all the guys that are your top quarterbacks, and you know, coming into the draft in you know next April. And you know, sure, we were talking about Sam Howell, but a lot of these other guys, you know, we weren't we weren't talking about them as first round picks, and and it it just changes so quickly. That that's the other lesson I got out of this season is man, I am especially in a C to C league, I am fading quarterback as long as I possibly can. And there's guys to pick up when the season starts that are gonna get you tons of points. I mean, Jake Hayner was awesome this season. And nobody had him last year on a team, except maybe Felix Sharp, because Felix is the Jake Hayner aficionado. Yeah. All right. That that's gonna do it. We're going to wrap up this series with tight ends next because we got to give the tight ends our love. But for now, we are good, and it's been good to be back. Of course, we're part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts with 
Doug, Tyler, and James. They are recording every other Sunday night during the season. You get the Chasing Points podcast in between, so they mix things up every other week. I'm at SkipNewton31. You can catch my stuff on si.com slash NFL slash draft for the written stuff. And, of course, the new podcast coming out, The Devi Show, starting on Fridays this week. So check that out. Let me know. I'm solo for, for a week or two. So any feedback that you can send, I would greatly appreciate. And I am talking trades every week. So I need people's trades to talk about and we'll get into the value and where I think the value lies because I think that's an important thing within Debbie that you don't hear a lot about. So I want to really focus on that in this podcast. Matt, remind everybody where you are at on Twitter and about your Patreon and all the other stuff that you do that keeps you so damn busy. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter once again at Devi Matt. Um, my Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Devi Database um, now that my brain is working. So make sure you get signed up over there. Um, buy me a coffee so I can I can continue to have energy to, to not fall over halfway through the day. Um, it would it'd be appreciated. And you're going to get to hang out with a bunch of great guys. And I've got some really, really cool stuff that you're not going to want to miss um, that I'm going to be starting at the beginning of the year um, with some other analysts in the community. So you're definitely going to want to get on board um, for that, if anything else. Um, rankings up on Dynasty Nerds, article on Dynasty, Ner- <clears throat> Dynasty Nerds, and I do another podcast, um, the Campus Visit podcast on the Debbie Database, um, which is probably why I was losing my voice there for a second. So. I love that podcast, man. I, I can't wait to hear the next one. So awesome stuff. Please check out the Patreon. It is a lot of fun. We always want more people in there. Thank you, all of you, for listening. Sorry it's been a few weeks, but we'll try to make this more consistent. Maybe sneak one in before Christmas, but that's going to be tough because I'm traveling to Texas, get out of this Minnesota cold for a week, which will be very nice. For all of you, good luck in the fantasy playoffs. My recommendation is if you have a healthy player, play him because COVID is literally trying to cancel week 15. So this is this is nuts. So good luck in your playoffs. We hope everything goes well. And as always, be a good human. <laughs>